before dawn, milk cows work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Uh, so there's a lot going on today. Or not. Or not. There's a lot going on and then maybe not. So Hunter Biden is supposed to show up for his deposition, closed session deposition, at 9.30 today. And... Me thinks he's not going to show up. Me thinks that. So I, that's what I believe. I, I believe he's not going to show up. And then what's going to happen, I said this last week, I'll say it again, and uh, just so everybody knows I was right, and hopefully I am right. But, yeah, you never know predicting the future. But, no, no, I really think that uh, he's not going to show up. And then Abby Lowell, you know, He's a tough attorney, the best of the best. And by best, I mean not the smartest. I just mean he's very well connected and he has a lot of resources to pay people off and cooperate. So Abby Lull is a, a very connected guy. He's a made guy. You know what I mean? I got that from uh, Donnie Brasco. <clears throat> anyway, um, so Hunter Biden's going to show up, or he's not going to show up. I think he's going to just give it a pass. They can't raid, the, or and they won't raid his house. <laughs> but what's going to happen is then he's going to be, okay, contempt of Congress. And he's going to have to go before a judge in a court. And Abby Lowell's going to get up there. Probably it's a liberal judge, a paid judge. And they're going to get up there and they're going to say that he was just indicted, judge. We have a right to a fair trial. And, you know, we're preparing for our case. Now, you look at what they're doing to Trump and there's no comparison. But here we are. 
And, you know, because they took a bite of the uh, apple with impeachment, the other thing that's going down today is um, they're going to take a vote, and apparently the Republicans in the House have the vote to open up an impeachment inquiry, which gives them more leverage and more tools to subpoena and get discovery and get information, you know, from the DOJ and the FBI that's been stonewalling the case and the Biden administration. It gives them a little bit more power and credibility. Well, not not credibility, power and leverage because they have more of a fiduciary duty to get the discovery. Uh, the Brady Act comes to mind. Uh, the Brady Act is uh, where you're, you're, you're allowed, you, you are entitled to all exculpatory evidence. Exculpatory, you know, meaning that uh, all evidence that could help your case. And uh, if you're trying to do an investigation and someone's withholding information that would be, you know, uh, integral to the case, and they block it, that's obstruction of justice. How they, you know, tried to get Nixon and in Watergate, and then Trump in the Russian hoax. Both were hoaxes, by the way. The Watergate was a a Democrat operation. They hired a bunch of stooges on the right to carry the water for the left wing that outplayed them. Someone like Gordon Liddy and others took the bait, chomped on it like a fish, and got caught by the hook and got the whole team embroiled in a hot mess. And that's why when you heard Trump say, the cover-up's worse than the crime. The one thing I learned about from Nixon and Watergate was the cover-up was more than, worse than the crime. And it's kind of funny, you know, that Hillary Clinton was involved in that Watergate commission and that Watergate kind of happened because Nixon was wanting to know the good, get the goods on the JFK assassination. So, you know, you just go on and on and unravels, you know, and that's why you had, you know... Uh, George Herbert Walker Bush as the vice president for Ronald Reagan. All to protect the secrets in the deep state. They've just come out with new information that says that 95% of all government employees are Democrat. Sounds like Ivy League universities. And they're all about as dumb as you you can get. They're all about as corrupt. You take that Claudine Gay from Harvard with the big black glasses and the diversity hire that she was. She's not the sharpest tool in the shed. I've heard many people now talk about how dumb you must be to not be able to answer all these questions that Democrats can't seem to answer. Like, what is a woman? (laughs) Or is genocide part of your policy? (laughs) Extermination of a population, is that okay? (laughs) It depends on what population it is. You don't see the wrinkle in that problem? (laughs) 
that somehow later down the road someone else is going to be in charge and put a bullet to your head? You dummy. I mean, give me a break. These Democrats are not sharp, but they're outplaying the Republicans. Why? Oh, I know why. The other thing that's going to happen today is they're going to vote on um, they're going to vote on impeachment. They're going to vote on yeah, uh, no, not maybe not today, but it's happening because Zelensky was in town, and somehow Zelensky is going to get his money. I have a feeling they're holding out. There's going to be a government shutdown, showdown. There's going to be. Zelensky money and border security and they're going to lie through their teeth about border security and then you got Biden cherry picking his his um, reporters that ask softball questions then walking out to Marine One heading to Philadelphia for a fundraiser that's what he did yesterday and he walks like a robot they compared the the Biden walk to the helicopter, how he walked like a robot, and it looked identical. I don't even think it's him. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of crazy. But he reminds me of Max Headroom. You know, from Radiohead, and Radiohead had Max Headroom, and Max Headroom was this 1990s, early 90s character, looked like a robot. So we got a lot going on today. So Jerome Powell at 2.30 p.m. Jerome Powell. Jerome Powell. No, not Chinese, though. But um, he is going to give uh, an announcement that's probably going to put a pause on rate hikes, which is going to ease the pain for some of the regional banks and try to get us to a soft landing we wouldn't have to be landing this plane at all if it wasn't for the Fed in the first place and wasn't for the government spending excessively. We need to have rules in place that say you can't spend more than you have on the books. We got There's no way we're going to get 34. It's going to be $34 trillion here in a second. It's, it's like I think in December it's supposed to go to $34 trillion, The debt. And the deficit, I mean, we just gained $330 million dollars in a week. I mean, the debt is out of control. The interest rates are crazy too. So the plan is is that the Federal Reserve is going to pause, which is going to possibly prevent some of the regional banks from collapsing. But in addition to that, they're going to start to quantitative ease or lower the prime rate in the second, third, and fourth quarters of 2024 is the prediction. And that seems interesting because <clears throat> I don't think inflation is going to come all the way down by then. And what the government says is inflation and what we feel as inflation are two different things. I said this, Biden takes credit for job creations and calls it Bidenomics in the wake of COVID job losses. So everybody left work and then they got, they're getting back to work. But the 
the uh, labor participation rate is, last I checked, and I haven't checked recently, but it still wasn't as good as the Trump years pre-COVID. We're not back to where we were. We're just trying to get back from the catastrophe that was the scamdemic. Or should I say plandemic? It's both, right? They planned the scam to usurp power and wealth from the middle class and give it to who? The rich? I was almost a commercial break. I almost did it, but I'm not. So if you go to magapack.org and make a donation over at magapack.org, you could really help keep the Scott Adams show commercial free. And if you follow Scott Adams on Twitter, Scott Adams Show, that's also good. X.com slash Scott Adams Show. And find out how we're producing each and every show on a daily basis right on our Twitter feed. So just uh, follow us on Twitter. Make a donation over at magapack.org to help keep the Scott Adams Show commercial free. That's why you all listen. You like the you don't like commercials. I know. I don't either. I think it's a waste of time. Um, but somebody has to do it, right? So Biden takes credit for the job creations in the wake of COVID job losses, while at the same time taking credit for deflation, deflation when he was the one that created the inflation. And they called it transitory. So he created all this inflation with the government stimulus spending. And the jobs that are coming back have nothing to do with his economy. In fact, real jobs are getting lost at a tremendous rate. Banking jobs, for one. But the Fed seems to be doing the right thing here, given the circumstances. Just like, you know, you can make a lot of uh, decisions on Ukraine now, and Ukraine and Russia now, but it's a waste of money. Ukraine's going to fold like a cheap suit. And despite what Brian Kilmeade said about them being great warriors, they're not. They're a bunch of uh, Nazi uh, drug pushers. A bu- bunch of them are on high on a whole bunch of stuff. But, you know, it's a woke agenda. It's a globalist agenda over there in Ukraine. And, uh, you know, what I've been contending is that the weapons of mass destruction from Iraq and the unattended oil in Iraq found its way into a variety of places. And a lot of private investors like Mitt Romney and his strategic partners like Kofor Black, who sat on the board of Hunter Biden's uh, Burisma Holdings, uh, Kofor Black did. And they meddled in the Afghan war, Afghanistan war. They operated out of Benghazi. They did a whole bunch of things in a clandestine way. The CIA is bad news. I'm going to give you a report today that says that the CIA rigged the 2020 election. CIA did it. The CIA murdered a president, JFK. Probably assassinated RFK. The CIA was instrumental in Watergate. 
The CIA is a bunch, they're a bunch of scumbag academics, soy boys. Half of them are, you know, uh, do a whole bunch of things that you wouldn't want to do. Yeah, they can read and they can write and they can do some arithmetic. They've got their degrees from good schools, but they never held a job outside of the government and they never ran a business in their life. So they could go fly a kite for all I care. They're not that great. They just get in the way of organic living by manipulating everything. Putting their hand on every little thing, like a Gestapo police, like a dictator, like a tyrannical leader. But it's a group of them, and they're all liberal. They're all Democrats. And they all support this woke agenda. And they're all globalists. And I say all, but I mean, you know, the percentage of them, the lion's share of them. So, yeah, Biden's taking credit for the jobs coming back from COVID and for deflation when he created the inflation. And naturally, everybody knew that inflation was going to go down a little because of what the Fed was doing. But guess what? The price of butter is not where it used to be. I mean, things are still inflationary. But yes, I'll admit it has gotten better. And do you think that they're doing this in line with the 2024 election? Possibly. I'm sure Biden's poll numbers are going to go up with regard to the economy from where they were, which was in the tank. I mean, you couldn't go you couldn't go anywhere but up from 29% approval rating. So, retail numbers are going to be out Thursday and the producer price index uh, comes out at 8.30 today. And uh, so in any case, what we have is uh, we have some numbers coming out. It'll be interesting to see how retail does this holiday season. But there's a lot of reports over at MarketWatch and elsewhere that suggest that people are running out of money, the credit card debt is an all-time high, and that uh, the inflation has had its toll. I remember Trump saying this recently. Trump said, yeah, the economy might be a little bit better right now, but people are exhausted from the last three-year beatdown that they've received. Ever since the election was rigged and Biden took power, ill-begotten power, and then destroyed America with open borders, uh, screwing up Afghanistan, getting us into two senseless wars in the Middle East uh, and in Ukraine, Russia, or at least not being able to prevent them. You know, I mean, we easily could have brought Russia into the G7, made it G8, and had so much great positive leverage over Russia that they would have never dreamt of going into Ukraine. That's just as simple as that. Then today, you know, we got Hunter Biden. He's probably going to be a no-show. He's going to uh, win his appeal when he has to get sent to court for the um, uh, breach of Congress. 
you know, when he's contempt of Congress for not showing up for an uh, answering to a subpoena. Abby Lowell will get him out of that. That's just, you know, chump change. That's just low, low hanging, low, low level stuff to get him out of that. So it'd be no, it'd be more can kicking down the road and they're going to have a reasonable response. They're going to say, well, you know, we can't go and disclose our whole case. You know, right now they shouldn't have indicted them. And here's the thing. Why in the Cal, why in California, Gavin Newsom country, why did they not delay the indictment? Why did they have to do it? I counted it up when they indicted him. It was four or five business days, business days, not all days, Saturday and Sunday, but four or five business days from the time he was supposed to be. And now they give him cover because he could blow off Congress, get cited for contempt of court, be forced to go to court, and now he has an alibi, the indictment. See? So if he shows up today, though, okay, then I'm wrong. Then I'm wrong about predicting the future here. But they gave him cover. And not only that, but I'd like to see the transcripts and see what he can't answer now that he's in being under investigation, formally. They could have waited seven business days to indict that guy. They waited years. They couldn't wait seven days. They couldn't do it. And why? The question is you have to ask why. And what is the FBI covering up? So there's some irony here. This is a different story altogether. Turkish lawmaker Hassan Bitmez, (laughs) never heard of him, but he's sitting up there. he He sounds a little like this. It's a, it's a foreign language. It's Turkish. So, right here. Right here. Hepinizi saygıyla selamlıyorum. Tutulsanız Allah'ın gazabından kurtulamayacaksınız. Hepinizi saygıyla selamlıyorum. Allow me to translate. The 53-year-old lawmaker collapsed after giving his speech in the General Assembly Hall in Ankara, Turkey. I think it's the capital of Turkey. We can perhaps hide from, and this is what he's saying, we can perhaps hide from our conscience, but not from history. Israel will suffer the wrath of Allah, he said seconds before collapsing. Bitmez is reportedly in critical condition after he became disturbed during his speech. All right, so I don't know whether he's going to make it or not. He collapsed pretty hard. But uh, apparently... I don't know. That didn't work out too well for him, right? Hate? Hate's a bad thing. Nobody should be hating. Don't be hating. Remember that shirt? Don't be hating. So Vladimir Zelensky tweets this out yesterday or two days ago. I met with leaders of U.S. defense companies and expressed my gratitude to every American worker who manufactures weapons that help us safeguard our people and defend our land. I appreciated all American companies that attended last week's U.S.-Ukraine Defense Industry Conference. 
I also proposed establishing a Europe. I wonder if he's living in his mansion in Florida yet. He's got the visa all lined up. He's he's got they're thinking about moving him. So I don't know. We are ready to produce more ammunition and military vehicles, but we require support. And by support, I mean money. So that money gets injected into the economy by way of the military-industrial complex. Thank you very much. And they spend it stimulating the economy, which is kind of good, right? But not really because it's just money being printed. Dumbing down money, making it less and less valuable. Because once you inject money into an economy without increasing productivity, you have an imbalance of demand pressure on supply. And when you have that, it makes the supply more expensive, causing inflation. So... He's meeting with all the military-industrial-complex American companies. (laughs) Whatever. So House Speaker Mike Johnson rejects Zelensky's request and continues to insist border security is more important than funding for Ukraine. Thank you, Mike Johnson. I'm still reserved about Mike Johnson. I don't know. Biden says securing our border is an expensive Republican partisan agenda. Let's listen. Holding Ukraine funding hostage in the attempt to force through an extreme Republican partisan agenda on the border is not how it works. We need real solutions. Oh, yeah, okay. So letting 10 to 15 million people through the southern border that are terrorists, all fighting-age males, no families hard to speak of, and, and, and assigning them ballots that get mailed out through the through the extraordinarily liberal U.S. Post Office labor union members and delivered to doorsteps only to be picked up by ballot harvesters that happen to be Democrat, filled out, because we know this happened because people were arrested, the few people that got caught, they're paid to fill these things out, spend all day in their trailer, and they uh, fill them out, and dump them off with a mask on in drop boxes. Yeah, that's a that's not a banana republic right there. No, 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 no. There's nothing wrong with that. It's crazy. Got a little rhyme for you. Just hearing Joe Biden makes me think of this little rhyme. Republicans are red, Democrats are blue, neither one of them gives a crap about you. There was another word there, but. uh... All right. So Cat Turd writes this. Just so you know, the Republicans will cave on Ukraine funding. How do I know? Easy. They always cave 100% of the time. They utterly are useless. They're utterly useless. And not only that, but see, the Republican Party profits. The Democrats were smart. The only way we're going to get Republican support, bipartisan support, is if we get everybody a little bit of money. We'll get more, of course, and we'll control the agenda, but we'll give them some crumbs to shut up. That's that's where the Republican Party is right now. And we're supposed to be the party of the rich. 
So Zelensky was on Capitol Hill in person to beg for more U.S. taxpayer-funded Ukraine money. Let's not forget about the two yachts, Lucky Me and Lucky and My Legacy, worth $75 million, were registered on false persons, writes DC Weekly. Documents released by the Mediterranean Yacht Brokers Association revealed that acquisition of two super yachts, the 46-meter Lucky Me and the 57-meter My Legacy by the Sheffer brothers, Boris and Sheffer, Sherry and Sheffer and Sherry Sheffer. So uh, Bor- those are the two brothers, by the way. And it says, um, in whose name the purchases were made, our trusted confidence of the president of Ukraine. One of the supposed memorandas lists Lucky Me as being sold on October 18th for $24.9 million to Boris Sheffer, who worked with Zelensky at his production company, Kvartel 95. The other states that my legacy was sold exactly a week later, so like around October 25th of this year, for $50 million to Sharif's brother, Sari, who also worked at Kvartel 95, and is now one of Zelensky's top political. So why don't we look into Kvartal ninety five? Okay. Why don't? Oh, sorry. So, so why don't we? Um, why don't we look into Kvartal ninety five? And uh, you know, when I said that person's name, uh, there was an iPad in the room, and it was that name, the S I R I, that uh, that went off. <laughs> That's what happened there. That's kind of crazy. All right, so people are listening. But we should look into that. If only there was a prosecutor that we could hire in Ukraine to look into Kvartal 95. That would be great. But, of course, we know that prosecutors that look into Burisma get fired uh, by people like Joe Biden. Uh, otherwise, if they don't get fired, they'll withhold a billion dollars, Right. So this is the kind of money laundering that's going on through Zelensky's private corporations. So this is the kind of questioning that was going on while Zelensky was in town. Let's listen. This is what Joe Biden has to do. I've never seen Trump do this. Name a reporter. The first question uh, I'll ask, I will recognize the first question asker. I'll ask a question, Joe. But um, uh, Danny Kemp. Um, thank you, Mr. President. Um, I'll ask the first. So he gets to pick and choose, like his stooges that are going to ask the questions. So we have not forgotten about uh, the Harvard, uh, Penn, MIT uh, saga. So um, it was just uh, yesterday um, that Stefanik, uh, Representative Stefanik, Elise Stefanik, um, had some words to say about this. Let's take a listen. A point of personal privilege. There is a reason why the testimony at the Education and Workforce Committee garnered one billion views worldwide. 
And it's because those university presidents made history by putting the most morally bankrupt testimony into the congressional record, and the world saw it. As a Harvard graduate, I'm reminded of Harvard's motto, Veritas, which goes back, and it's older than the founding of our country, it goes back to the 1640s. In addition, the motto was Veritas Christo et Ecclesiae, truth for Christ and the church. Larry Summers, who was president of Harvard when I was an undergrad, talked about the meaning of veritas is divine truth, moral truth. Let me be clear, veritas does not depend on the context. This is a moral failure of Harvard's leadership and higher education leadership at the highest levels. And the only change they have made to their code of conduct where they failed to condemn calls for genocide of the Jewish people, the only update to the code of conduct is to allow a plagiarist as the president of Harvard. Shifting gears to what is on the floor this week. All right. So, you know, uh, Claudine Gay plagiarized half of her thesis from another uh, dude. In any case, um, it's kind of crazy, you know, when you think about this. These liberals do this all the time, though. Look at Joe Biden. He plagiarized everything. That guy can't speak a full sentence without reading it on a teleprompter. So, Climate Depot, you, you've heard about COP28. It's ending now, right? It's been going on for about 10 days, two weeks. It's crazy. We talked about it when it was emerging. Al Gore on UN Climate Summit. COP28 is now on the verge of a complete failure. Of complete failure. Climate campaigners freaking out. So climate campaigners from Al Gore and John Kerry down to the oddest imported student radical are freaking out over the draft final text as the climate talks in Dubai near their conclusion. Man, a lot of lap dances going on in Dubai right about now. At issue is whether the outcome will call for the phase-out of fossil fuels or merely call for fossil fuel reduction and similar similar weasel words. Either term will leave nations with tons of wiggle room to avoid or delay, destroying their economies through energy starvation. As veterans of the UN climate process since the whole shebang began, CFACT, has seen this drama play out before. The UN conference nears its end with no agreement in sight and goes into late-night extra innings. No matter what happens, the conference officials emerge bleary-eyed and proclaim a major victory, leaving it up to the rest of us to sort it out. COP20, so here's the thing about this, though. They get together. They have to get together to try to force and coerce and they're not even elected officials. I mean, why can't Al Gore just go away and stop trying to put together things that tax the middle class? I thought he was done. I thought he was gone. John Kerry, too. They both went up against George W. Bush and lost. And they suck as human beings. And, you know, what's that about? So it's this kind of ilk and all this woke madness. Because Dylan Mulvaney, uh, 
is being you know being exploited. Dylan Mulvaney was charging twenty six thousand dollars now, then was charging forty thousand up the rate to to speak at universities. And Penn State hired this dude, and and Mister Mulvaney uh, spoke before I would say twenty eight people. They showed the crowd from the different angle. It was just a bunch of libtards, like these goofy little freshmen that never, you know, weren't, weren't raised properly. And they were sitting there clapping like seals over this BS. And shame on Penn State. Shame on Penn State for spending 40000 hard-earned dollars at a campus where the tuition keeps going up. And it's a state-funded school. Somebody in the state ought to consider defunding Penn State if this is how they're going to spend taxpayer dollars. It's ridiculous. 40000 for some tra- uh, trans wannabe? Uh, I actually think it's uh, more like a dude dressed up in blackface impersonating something that it's not. It's disrespectful to women to be some dude with whiskers that's acting like um, a woman and acts like he knows what it's like to be a woman. I think it's so disrespectful to women. Why these suburban moms turn a blind eye to this and drink their Chardonnay is beyond me. It's, it's beyond me. We need to get ahead of the narrative. You take like abortion. The abortion argument that we that was used so successfully against Republicans in the last 22 election, that argument, we should be talking about infanticide. We should not be talking about rape and incest when it comes to abortion. And we would win that argument on more ways than one because there's about 5% of a radical left wing that supports infanticide. Yet, Democrats don't want to alienate that 5% left, radical left wing. And so we should be talking, making them defend infanticide, which gets them to the next page in the, in the argument, which is then, if it's not infanticide, when is it? Oh, all the way up until birth. So you just admitted it, right? When really the uh, argument is somewhere around 15 weeks, that's a rational argument. And then there's creation and there's a religious element to it and a whole bunch of other things. But the way you win that argument is you get ahead. I think that's the beauty of Vivek Ramaswamy is he is able to articulate his arguments successfully. And that's why the mainstream media doesn't want any part of him. Because he owns them. He's a really smart guy. I remember the first time I heard him speak a couple of years ago at the Women's International Forum. And I got on the air the very next day and I said, wow, this guy was blew me away. Never heard of him before. And then I heard of him. But with all this Democrat nonsense, there are Democrats that are leaving, like there are Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter leaders that are defecting from the Democrats because they know that Joe Biden's a racist 
And what they're doing is they're going over and they're liking Trump. They like Trump's mugshot. They say, I can identify with that man. He's being martyred and persecuted just like we've been. And and frankly, I don't think black people have been um, targeted. I think it's uh, different than that. I think that... Um, I think that uh, they need to get their culture in, in gear. You know, I think that there's a lot. Amy Wax, uh, one of my favorite professors of all time. She was at Penn. I don't know if she's still there, but I used to, I had her on the radio show 10 years ago. She was on O'Reilly in 2005, and she said, the crux of the matter is that the only people that can fix the black struggle is are black people themselves. But in any case, this is a black man, Democrat, lifelong Democrat, and let's take a listen. He's, uh, I don't know his name just yet. I'll give you his name, though. I think over the years, the party has changed from its ideals. Um, All right, this guy's Will Pierce, former director of Draft Biden 2016. Let's take a listen. Will Pierce. I personally view politics as a game over this, and you have to get to 50% plus one and unite people all the way around. If you look at the Democratic Party right now, they'd rather put people in boxes and label them rather than unite them. Do Democrats just not care about the voters that they say they care about? I think it's changed over years. Just If you just look at recent races, like look down in Houston where Sheila Jackson Lee, for example, this is pretty much a lead of four years in the Democratic Party, and her votes were just abysmal. Wrong. Oh, by the way, I wanted to report on that a couple of days ago. We're going to get back to that. Sheila Jackson Lee got lamb-blasted and lost bigly in, uh, in, um, in Houston. She wanted to be the mayor of Houston. She got trounced. On 30%. And it's just people in the Democratic Party, they just do not understand about the needs of all. If you look at today, for example, with Zelensky going up to um, the Capitol, the Democrats care more about what's happening in Kiev and what's going on on the southern border. They care about more about um, just ideological stuff, such as who you are. As a, um, It's more about basically just like um, what you are, your gender, your race, your, et cetera, than who you are as a person. Well, the rot starts at the top. And in a new poll from the Wall Street Journal, 60% of voters disapprove of Joe Biden's economy. By, by the way, did you hear about that, though? He said, it's who you are, like what, what category you fit in. It's very similar to what they're saying. They're... They're only looking at ballots. They're not looking at voter needs. They're not looking at how to appeal to voters. That's why they don't want to debate. And that's why they don't campaign. That's why they sit in their basement. That's why they could have a Joe Biden out uh, inside his basement. Or just insincere reading a teleprompter handled by a whole bunch of people we don't know. And what it is, is they don't really care about people. They care about voter blocks that's all they care about and black people are sitting there watching the open border and saying all those hispanics all those people coming across the border they're taking our money they're taking our wealth they're taking our jobs they're competing for our education and if you're if you're a black person in chicago right now you're you're upset and they're taking it to the streets in Chicago now. They're alarmed by this whole Biden thing. And they're realizing that they were just pawns. 
we tried to tell them for decades, but they're realizing now because they're not only feeling the short end of that stick, but they're seeing it with their own eyes. Followed by 64% disapproval of Joe Biden's border, over half disapprove of Joe Biden's handling of the war in Israel. So, Will, how much is Joe Biden to blame for people like you leaving the Democratic Party? I'll be honest. Um, when I supported Biden back in 2015, 2016, I, you know, I was looking at his record over the years, and that's the main reason why I supported um, the president. At this point, though, if you look at um, just the economy, if you look at where we are as a nation, if you look at where we are as a people, he has not done what he promised to do, or just as he's supposed to do as president. He's supposed to unite us. Instead, he's dividing us, and it's just starts at the top, as you said, Todd. Do you know anyone else like you, lifelong Democrats, like die-in-the-wool Democrats who, uh, who are out, who are leaving the party for the Republicans? I don't know anyone by name, but the thing is, even like, um, for example, my wife and I, we were talking last night. This is a big decision for myself. And a lot of people in the Democratic Party, it's, I hate to say it, they're just afraid of leaving. Um, we would think, even think about personal safety, like what it's going to be like just me leaving a party that I worked for four years um, overall. And you have a lot of people just thinking like that. It's like they think overall, can I leave the party? Can I leave, you know, go across to the other side? And personally, I'm doing this because I look at the nation overall. We're at a very divisive period. If you look at the polling that you just quoted, it's just our nation overall. We have to be able to um, focus and be more united instead of being divided and just focus on, on just um, party politics. Like that. that leads to the final question. Who are you going to vote for? In the same Wall Street Journal poll, Trump beating Biden by this four points. It. Nikki Haley up Wait, who's he gonna vote for? over Biden. Who's got your vote in 2024? Trump. It's, I think this is the first time since I've been, to be honest, over 20 years, I'm actually undecided. I'm leaning towards Trump, but I'm still looking at um, what's going to happen over the next few weeks uh, up in New Hampshire and Iowa. I can't tell you. I live in a pretty Democratic state up there in Connecticut. I can't tell you how many diehard Democrats have said, I never thought I would vote for Trump. I certainly didn't vote for him in 2020, but I'm voting for him this year. And that should speak volumes. Hey, maybe- Wow, that's a, that's a trend, right? That's uh, what the Democrats are. See, the Democrats cheat. We know that. But they don't have an algorithm that can break that. So here's when you know that Trump is starting to get under their skin and they're worried. They're in full-blown panic mode when you hear this. This is a medley, about three minutes. Take a listen. What would a second Donald Trump term look like? Well, he cannot be the next president. Liz Cheney. Um, it, it, because if he is... You can't imagine the things Michael that Cohen. he's going to do. <laughs> Mexico, Canada. We can't go to Canada because eventually Canada will become annexed to America. And shoot visitors to the White House. Yeah, that means he can shoot the First Lady. We're going to see violence, the likes of which we didn't even see on January 6th make it illegal to run against him, to throw his opponents in jail, to shut down the media. He will make himself into the Fuhrer and he will make everybody raise their hand and salute him. All of this is ridiculous. Against the American people. Germinate the Constitution. How, how dumb do you have to be to believe this false rhetoric? How dumb do you have to be to believe what they're saying? Because Trump was, impre- <laughs> last I checked, he was president for four years and he was the greatest president we've ever had, ever. The only one that didn't get us into any wars, uh, the one that helped black jobs more than any other president in history, uh, set the agenda for a great labor participation rate, GDP up, trade deals, peace in the Middle East. You can't beat him.
Constitution. To rewrite the Constitution. Create mass internment camps. Throw everyone into Gitmo. Might be sent to jail or their rights might be suppressed, especially minority groups in society. You might have any number of things happen to you Van and your Jones. family. Every one of us, our freedom, our liberty, none of us is safe. It's going to have people around him executing against an enemy's list. Assassinate generals. Ordering troops uh, to um, attack American citizens. Trump's very well-armed and extremist base will try to kill people. He's going to basically burn the house down. He will unravel the institutions of our democracy. Draw similarities between Mussolini and Hitler. Adolf Hitler and Benito Mussolini. Makes Donald Trump even more dangerous. See, you know, I can't listen anymore of that. There's a, about another half, a minute and a half, but <laughs> look, the thing is, all these people are globalists. This is what the G7 globalist nations have become. Period. It's not just Biden, but they're projecting, like Antifa. We're anti fascists. Or anti fada? I don't know. But they're anti anti fascists, supposedly, right? We're, that's in our name. Black Lives Matter. They don't care about black. The money never trickled down to black people. So, I mean, you know, what is it? So it's kind of crazy, really, when you think about it. They always say the opposite of what they're doing. Bill Gates is famous for this. So, all right, we got this. The election was stolen, according to the Secretary of State, Mac Warner. From uh, He said this in a debate in West Virginia, uh, a governor's debate, gubernatorial debate. Let's take a listen. Do you believe Trump is correct when he says, continues to say, the election was stolen? The election was stolen, Hoppy. And it the was election sto- was stolen? It was stolen, and it was stolen by the CIA. When Mike Morrell testified under oath to Jim Jordan that, yes, he colluded with uh, Anthony Blinken to sell a lie to the American people two weeks before the election for the very purpose of throwing the presidential election. How does it not get stolen if it's more? And the FBI covers it up, and Mark Zuckerberg pays $400 million to put his thumb on the scale. That's not a fair... uh, So the election was stolen. Yes. More was the election stolen? What we can talk about is what happened in the state of West Virginia, and we have had very secure... And we're very vigilant about our elections in the state of West Virginia. Thank you, more. I appreciate that. <laughs> and, and, so, so he says the CIA stole it. I remember that Mike Morrell uh, testimony. But we have a caller on the air. Caller, you're on the air. Yes, Scott. Hi, man. Uh, I just want to let you know, I mean, uh, I really appreciate everything you do. You're one of the what, great thinkers of our what, generation. Thank you. Thank you for, uh, you know laying it out like you do, uh, you definitely provoke many of my thoughts, and uh, I'd like to try to do the same right now to you. Thank you. Um, what, what, is your like, name, what is your name and where are you calling from? Oh, oh, my name's Tim. I'm out of Central Texas. Okay, great. What's your question? Well, it's more of, you know, just a share of a comment, I guess, with you, because, you know, we're, we started a slippery slope, I think, a long time ago in this land of the protection of individual liberties. We have the right to self-determination. But then uh, somewhere along the lines, I think the slippery slope, if, if, if you could tell me if I'm right or wrong here, um, is when we started using terms like public opinion and public support and public safety as if we look at the citizenry, like the government looks at the citizenry as a whole. And like you were saying, they, they look at us as voting blocks. The individual is no longer the, the, the focus. It's these commercial marketing terms like public opinion, public support that have basically turned us into 
subjects rather than individuals. Yeah, and they spin and interpret uh, that groupthink into and, and make it fungible or like putty. They can mold it into anything that they want. They do the same thing with poll numbers. Uh, because data oh, comes yeah. in and then they interpret the data or they'll fa- fashion the question in, in a way that is almost like a matador steering a bull right into a red sheet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's very similar to that. Um, you can get a pop, you you know, you could herd sheep. It's a, There's an art to it on how you get a whole herd <laughs> of sheep into a corral. You can prove anything with statistics, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and people like to be in packs. They like to be in packs. They don't like to be alone. They don't like to be isolated. And it's uncomfortable yep. to stand alone. And especially when you um, also have this uh, cancel culture. So people don't want to be canceled and, and isolated uh, or they don't want to stand alone and then be uh, attacked and you know it's easier to, wants to be invited get re- to the party. Nobody wants to be the only one that didn't get invited to the party. And right? not only that, but when you're standalone, you you actually stand in a much more vulnerable position uh, because you have you have no group to do. You know, like you're more powerful as a group than you are as an individual. And so that you're that like, deters individual smartest, thinking. Go ahead. Strong individuals make a much stronger group, even. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like take Trump for example. I think that's why he's so mm-hmm. special, is because he has stood tall in the face of pure evil. Are you yes, still? Sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Hey, thank you so much for calling in. Is, your, is, you. is this your first time calling in? Oh, yeah. I think it was. <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, that. That was great. Um, I like I like fresh new faces and callers. But uh, we'll see what happens. I had a few other uh, things I wanted to share with you. We'll we'll get those get to those um, in in a moment. Uh, I mean, in another show. Uh, I want to read this one thing off to you real quick. It says. Uh, we lied about COVID origins. We lied about lockdowns. We lied about masks. We lied about the jab. We lied about Russia collusion. We lied about Trump. We lied about inflation. We lied about climate and we lied about Ukraine. But we told you the truth about elections, didn't we? No, of course not. They cheated. And uh, the CIA helped, CIA helped them do it. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out magapack.org. Make a donation if you can. Also, find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. We do it each and every other day, each and every day on this show, the Scott Adams Show. But if you make a donation over at Magapack, it helps keep the Scott Adams Show commercial free. Use Red State over at mypillow.com. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye bye, everybody. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. I grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.